an event uh, that you went to that you did not have very high expectations for, right? You just, you just knew this was going to be a very unique event, but you felt like you had to do it. Um, but it turned out a lot better than you realized, a lot better than you had hoped, a lot better than you had expected. I was uh, 23 years old. I was a recent college graduate. And just to give you an idea, I, I, in college, I lived in, in a house with nine of my uh, football teammates. Uh, we were a bunch of meatheads. So the idea of, of a good time was something around football or pool or making fun of each other, okay? Uh, so during my college years, I, I came to Christ, and my heart changed, and my life changed, uh, and my, my activities changed. My friendships changed. So I was 23 years old, and I, I moved in with uh, two uh, strong Christians in Washington, D.C., and my roommate says, I want to have a Shakespeare reading party. <laughs> a Shakespeare reading party. I'm like, well, I've never heard of such a thing. Please explain. Well, I want to print out um, a Shakespearean play, and I want to read Act 1, 3, and 5, and then we'll just talk through verses 2 and 4. And I want us to dress up. One of those events that you didn't think you were going to enjoy, but turned out a lot better than expected. I don't know if it was better than expected because it was so ridiculous that I was sitting in there actually reading, uh, actually playing a part and saying it with gusto and emotion. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. So if you guys want to have a Shakespeare reading party, uh, I probably won't attend this one, but I would be happy to have you have one. Um, I say that to say, as I, as I approach this psalm today, I looked at these two verses, and I kind of had that, that same feeling. You know, I, I looked at these verses, and they seem very basic. They're two verses, and it seems like it's a time of just, just praising the Lord, and that's, that's great. And like, okay, we, we know this already. And as I dug into the psalm, I realized it is much, much better than expected. So let's just look at this, this, this brief passage tonight. Remember, uh, Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 is called the, the Egyptian Hallelujah, the Egyptian Halal, which is uh, they're praising the Lord upon going to the temple, remembering what God did for them as he ushered them out of Egypt. Now, sometimes you look at a psalm uh, that's only two verses and you think this is really not that, much in, not that important. It's only two, two verses and, and it doesn't seem to be full. Some commentators actually want to group it to Psalm 116 or begin it in Psalm 118. It's like these two verses couldn't really be a standalone psalm. But we know that the Lord Jesus says is that God doesn't hear you because of your many words, like the Pharisees. Uh, he hears you from the heart. And these are a very simple words. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All nations. That word nations there really can be translated as Gentiles. Praise the Lord, all Gentiles. Extol him, all peoples. That could be translated peoples or Gentiles. These words are really kind of interchangeable. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise the Lord there, both the beginning and the end, kind of this chiactus structure where it begins, where it ends, is a hallelujah. It's a praise to uh, the Lord. 
But the reason why it's so beautiful is this one is prayed in faith. It's a, a prayer, a praising of God for his goodness and for his mission to rescue all peoples for himself, for his honor and glory. So it says, praise the Lord, who? All nations, all Gentiles, all peoples, from every tribe, tongue, language, and people. This is a promise that's going to be fulfilled all the way back in Genesis 12. I mean, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, things get really bad. And you have the, the, the worst thing, the, the pinnacle of rebellion against God, Genesis 11, where they tried to build a, a tower to reach the heavens, and God came down and, and scattered them. And we see this is the, the pinnacle, and there was scattered over all the earth. And then you read in verse uh, chapter 12 of Genesis that God was going to call Abram. He says, go to the land I will, I, will, I, will, I will show you, and through you and through your seed, I will bless all the families of the earth. So what you see in Psalm 117 is, is a, a faithful Israelite. When they praised this, when they sang this song, what they were doing, they were testifying that they believed what God said to Abram. They believed what God said to Moses in Exodus 19, that there was going to be a priest unto their God, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So what you see here, praise the Lord all nations, extol him all peoples, that God has a plan through Israel to do what? To bring all the Gentiles, all the nations under the lordship of the Messiah, he who was to come. And this is profound. And look at verse 2. For great is his steadfast love. Now, we could stop there and say amen and amen. And we can all testify for how the Lord has been with us through thick and through thin. But notice what it says, toward us. Who's the us? The us is not just Israel. The us is the, the Jew and the Gentile. Now, for, for an actual Israelite hearing this, that would have been hard to believe. Because as, they, as they're singing this song, what are they remembering? They're remembering Egypt. And what did Egypt do? Egypt was ruthless to the people of God. Remember Exodus, Egypt, uh, Exodus chapter 1, when, 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 what, what did Pharaoh do? He says, give me all the boys. And he threw them in the Nile. They, he, he made their, their slavery harsh and brutal. And what did God do? God multiplied the people of Israel under that harsh Egyptian leader. And then God sent his power down on Egypt and rescued them. But that was a difficult time. And can you imagine them singing this, praise the Lord, all nations, praise the Lord, all Egyptians. Praise the Lord for those who just put my people in harsh slavery, who those who, who may have put to death my son, my brother. Praise the Lord, all nations. O oh Lord, we praise you because you are going to bring your glory to the ends of the earth. That was the promise in Genesis 12. It didn't change because God doesn't change. So even though this is a very small psalm, it's only two verses, it is packed. It is packed with promise. This is why the, the Apostle Paul uses this psalm to, to meditate on, on, on the Lord Jesus Christ's mission. So you can hold your place here 
if you want, and turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 15. I'm going to begin in verse 1 just to kind of help you understand the context. Uh, remember, Romans is a, is a wonderful book of kind of an apologetic of the gospel. Uh, he's never, Paul's never been to Rome. The first 11 chapters going to unpack the, 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 the sinfulness of humanity and the glory of Christ. And in 12, 1, it says, Therefore, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. So there's this, this turning that happens. Chapter 12 is talking about gifts. God gives gifts to the church, and this is what Christians should look like. Here's the marks. Chapter 13 is this submission to the law and how the law is fulfilled in love. Chapter 14 is that great passage of, of the conscience, right? That we should uh, not cause one, uh, one another to stumble. And then we get to verse, chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. And not to please ourselves, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days were written for our instruction. So the, the, the patriarchs, the, the first five books of the Bible, the, the Psalms were written for us, for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. You see what Paul's doing here? Paul is saying the reason why you should be one in a church is because of Christ, uh, because Christ laid his life down. He bore the reproach of this world. He has welcomed you. Therefore, you should welcome all people who come to Christ. This is why the, the family of God is indeed the family of God. We are brothers and sisters. We are, we are one. So even in, in Psalm 117, what you, what you see is this promise that one day God is going to bring Jew and Gentile together. Praise the Lord, all nations. Praise, extol the, uh, the Lord, all peoples. This is verse 8, Romans chapter 8, 15 verse 8. For, the, the purpose, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and confirm the promises given to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The what promise? That God is going to bless all the families of the earth through the seed, through the promise, the seed of promise. Verse 9, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So you see what he's saying here? He's trying to unpack, listen, Christ came to live the life that, that the Israelites couldn't live. He came to be the true Israelite, the true expression of a follower of God. He did that to confirm that what God said through his promises were true, that God is not a liar, but that God always keeps his word. And that the Gentiles who were far from God were going to do what? They were going to give him glory for his mercy. And then he 
unpacks this through the Old Testament. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Now, that's quoted in, in, in Psalm uh, 18 as well as uh, 2 Samuel 22, verse 10. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, verse 11, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol him. So when Paul was thinking about how can I explain that Jesus Christ came to save both Jew and Gentile, he thinks back and he goes, I'm going to go back to Psalm 117. Those two verses that say what? Praise the Lord, all Gentiles. People from every tribe, language, and tongue should praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because God deserves their praise. This is why we send people to the far reaches of the earth, because God's name deserves to be praised. This is why you share the gospel with your, with your waitress and your waiter. This is why you share the gospel with your, with your lost children and lost grandchildren, with your, with your grandparents, with your neighbor, with your coworker. Why? Because God's name deserves to be praised. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Do you see going from Psalm 117, a simple praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, gets us to the having a heart of hope in the New Testament? Because God's word is always true, is it not? The things that God said in the Old Testament all the way flow to the new. So Paul explains all that as a springboard for what his calling was. Look at chapter in Romans again, beginning in verse 14. It says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by the way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on somebody else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand." The driving force of the missionary zeal of the Apostle Paul was seen in Psalm 117. He wanted the nations to praise God. He wanted the, the Hindus in India to praise God. We should want the, 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 the Muslims in Turkey to praise God. We should want the Buddhists in Thailand to praise God. So we, so we go, so we give, so we pray. Why? Because God's word never returns void. And we can say, hallelujah, 
Praise the Lord, all nations. Praise the Lord, Egyptians. Praise the Lord, Afghanis. Praise the Lord because his name deserves to be praised. So we, as a congregation, have to give ourselves to this calling. We have to praise his name with our own heart, praise his name as we gather week in and week out, and we want to work and labor with our hands, with our feet, with our checkbooks. So what? So that God's name would be praised at the ends of the earth. That's our mission, right? Found simply in Psalm 117. It begins by saying, hallelujah. It ends by saying, hallelujah. And we want that hallelujah to to start here and go and fill the entire globe. Father, we pray that we would be a people of praise. We pray that we would labor so all peoples in every nation would be able to say, hallelujah, hallelujah, your steadfast love endures forever toward us who believe. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.